Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This episode is from the WhatsApp Arling Palipunan Rebooted Podcast. If you like what you hear, follow WhatsApp on your podcast app for more weird and wonderful stories from Philippine history. This episode of WhatsApp Araling Panlipunan Rebooted is made possible with PLDT Home. Do it better with the strongest connection. What do you know about vaccines? Other than the fact that we all need to get jabbed with the COVID vaccine like yesterday. Right now, everyone is talking about the COVID vaccines, but we live in a world full of vaccination. Most people get vaccinated as kids, and we get booster shots when we go to certain countries. But have you ever given any thought to where vaccines come from? Who discovered them, and how were they distributed? And did you know that the first large-scale immunization campaign involved the Philippines? This was the Balmese Expedition, the very first international humanitarian expedition to fight smallpox. And it happened not in the 20th century, but in 1803. For a little perspective, that's before railways were popular. So how did this expedition get vaccines across the sea, from Spain to the Americas, all the way to the Philippines? In a word, children. Welcome to WhatsApp Araling Panlipunan Rebooted, the podcast that looks at Philippine history with fresh eyes. I'm Siege Nantenko, reporter and history nerd. And I'm Sab Schnabel, a historian and a comedian who has worked for Carlos Saldran, the National Museum of the Philippines, and the Guggenheim in Venice. Today, let's talk about Bakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Bakuna Matata. Get your vaccine, please. It means no worries for the rest of us, K. So let's go back to the 1803s. Bakuna Matata. As always, let's start with the Pearl of the Orientation. What was the deal with smallpox anyway? Smallpox was a contagious, disfiguring disease caused by the variola virus that could be spread through droplets, much like COVID-19. But it could also be spread through contaminated objects like bedding or clothing. Infected people would erupt in pus-filled sores all over their bodies that would leave horrible scars and could result in blindness or worse, death. And like COVID, it was a pandemic. Smallpox was everywhere. Outbreaks would happen periodically. This happened so often, there were even etiquette books that taught women how to console a friend whose face had gotten pockmarked. And like COVID, some people had mild cases that they could live with for the rest of their lives, while some had severe cases that left them unrecognizable or dead. The likelihood of death could be anywhere from 1% to 90%, depending on the variant. It was a disease that had been around since the dawn of time. Egyptian mummies had this disease. Queen Elizabeth I wore heavy makeup to hide her scars from it. George Washington had it. 
You might be wondering, why don't we see people with smallpox in these old paintings from the time? Well, portraits were the original Instagram filters. People paid a lot of money to commission those paintings, and they wanted to look good. According to the National Historical Commission of the Philippines, smallpox was not endemic to the Philippines. The first outbreaks were reported around 1574, which is only three years after the Spanish came to the Philippines. But it's likely we also got it from trading with China as well. And it's in this environment that King Carlos of Spain heard of an outbreak of smallpox in the New World. And after losing enough family members to the disease, including his young daughter Maria Teresa, he decided that the smallpox vaccine would be sent beyond Spanish borders and to the colonies. In 1803, King Carlos commissioned his royal doctor, Francisco Javier de Balmis, to assemble a team and set out to immunize hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of subjects of the Spanish Empire, from Spanish America to Asia. A note on vaccination here. Though most of our sources use the word vaccination, they don't mean vaccination like how we do it today. This wasn't a sterile process with a syringe and a little vial. Since this was a time before modern medicine, before airplanes, electricity, and refrigerators, the method was a little more gross. All right, everybody, we're going to start talking about pus and sores. So if you're squeamish, remove your earbuds for about two minutes and say, la, 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 we warned you. So before the onset of vaccines, there was a method called variolation, in which powdered smallpox scabs or pus were shot up your nose to give you immunity. It was developed in China and the Ottoman Empire, and it was replaced by vaccination, a safer process invented by Edward Jenner in 1798. Jenner noticed that milkmaids didn't often get smallpox. Instead, they got cowpox. Cowpox is a milder strain of the virus that causes smallpox. So Jenner took a little bit of pus from a cowpox sore and then scratched it into the arm of his gardener's son. There is so much child abuse in this story. We are so sorry. To put it into context, one reason that children had to be the test subjects is that most adults had already had smallpox. So Jenner tried his method on this boy and it worked. Later, he tried to infect the boy with smallpox and he didn't get it. Jenner called his new discovery a vaccine from the Latin vaca or cow. Today, modern vaccination involves injecting a person with a weakened strain of a virus using a sterile syringe. Jenner's method is no longer what we call vaccination. Because gross. But for the purposes of this episode, we will be using the term vaccination because that's what it was called at the time. So back to Dr. Balmis. Preparations had been made to vaccinate the Spanish Empire. In addition to the royal doctor and the sailors manning the ship, the crew included a deputy surgeon, two assistants, three nurses, a rectress of an orphanage, and more than 20 orphans. And if you're thinking, wait, Orphanage? Orphans? Don't worry, we'll get to that later. And so on November 30, 1803, the Balmis expedition set off from Spain. A week after the Balmis expedition started in Spain, the crew made it to his first stop, the Canarias, or the Canary Islands, on the 9th of December. Then they went to Puerto Rico, and then Venezuela. From there, the crew split up. Kind of like in the Avengers Endgame where everybody has their individual missions before meeting up later. 
Dr. Balmis' assistant, José Salvani, went down the South American coast, and Balmis himself headed to Cuba and Mexico, where he vaccinated another 100,000 people. According to Balmis.org, which is run by the University of Alicante, Balmis left the port of Acapulco, Mexico, on February 8, 1805. That's two years after the start of the voyage, and brought with him 26 children, taking them from their families to serve as vaccine carriers on the long Pacific voyage. This episode was made in partnership with PLDD Home, which believes that innovation is key for better change. And so much has changed in the realms of science, in medicine, and the whole world, really. Thanks to the power of the internet, we have better communication, better logistics, and better sources of information. So let's learn from history and keep innovating to do it better. And now, back to the episode. After three months, the Balmese crew finally arrived in the Philippines. Here's the problem, though. When he arrived on April 15, 1805, Filipinos were not about it. And you can't really blame them. Put yourself in their shoes. Here's this foreigner from the country that's taken over your land. And he wants to rub pus into your children's skin? To give them cowpox? So that they don't get smallpox? Plus, it's on record that Balmis had diarrhea when he arrived in Manila. And he was in a terrible mood, complaining about everything and everyone. Are you good at explaining science while in gastric distress? We completely understand this vaccine hesitancy. Now what? Historian and author Ambeth Campo wrote about the Balmese expedition in his column in the Philippine Daily Inquirer in 2014. Quote, Fortunately, Governor General Rafael Aguilar had his five children vaccinated, providing an example that won the support of the Archbishop and the trust of the people, resulting in over 20,000 vaccinated. End quote. If it was good enough for the governor general, it's good enough for everyone else. It's the original influencer marketing. Over the next few weeks, the doctors and his crew branched out from Manila to vaccinate thousands more. Ocampo continues, quote, Balmis' assistants with 12 children took the vaccine to the Visayas and Mindanao to stop smallpox outbreaks in Misamis and Zamboanga, end quote. Remember that. If you've been wondering why there's been mentions of orphans or children or erectors from an orphanage, this is it. How did they get the vaccine to the tropics without refrigeration or what we call today a cold chain? Well, they kept the virus alive by keeping them in live hosts. In other words, they used children as carriers, vaccinating them in twos to keep the virus potent. We look at history through our own sensibilities and through the lens of a modern person this story can sound horrifying. But historically, smallpox was so prevalent that only children could be carriers because of how hard it was to find adults who hadn't already caught the disease. In exchange, the orphans from Spain were promised good food, room, and board, and new families in the New World. It was a chance for a new start for them. So throughout the voyage of Balmis and his crew, they gave the vaccine to the first two children, waited for the blisters to show, lanced them and vaccinated the next set of boys. Ocampo writes, quote, Balmi sailed with 22 orphans from Mexico who were left in Mexico in the care of the Bishop of Puebla for eventual return to Spain. For the trip to the Philippines, Balmis calculated the voyage from Acapulco to Manila will take two months, 
and will require at least 24 Mexican boys plus two to serve as spare tires. They were from four to six years old. Some were Spaniards, other Mestizo Indian. End quote. And according to Balmis.org and an article in The Atlantic, the orphans were well-fed on the journey. Because who would want to be vaccinated if the vaccines were coming from sickly-looking carriers? The children were also meant to be educated and given a new life in the colonies. Supposedly, they would be better off than they would be in Spain. From Mexico, the crew didn't look for orphans. Instead, they brought with them children that had families. And these kids were brought back to their families after the sea voyage to the Philippines. But this is from Balmis.org, so we can't be sure that these carrier children were treated well. We hope they were. Yeah, but unfortunately, this was the best way they knew how to bring the vaccine to Asia without losing its potency. So, two by two, the carriers would be infected with cowpox, and then their boils would be lanced to collect the fluid to infect the next set. The expedition created a warm chain that kept the vaccine potent all the way to Asia. They saved hundreds of thousands of lives. There are articles that estimate that the lives they saved are in the millions. Cowpox was not as bad as smallpox. It's far less painful and less likely to kill you, but it's still a disease that they chose to infect dozens of children with. It's sad that it had to come to this just to get the vaccines. I wish this story didn't have this element of human trafficking in it. But we have to mention it because this is how it happened. It's part of the history, and it's not always an easy story to tell or to listen to. And sadly, there are no records of who these orphans were. I wish we could at least know the names of the boys, because without them, none of this would have been possible. Up next, what this expedition can teach us today. These days, vaccines are still in the news. We talk about when we're going to get vaccinated, how effective the different brands are, billionaires are arguing about patents, and some uh, misguided people flat out refuse to get vaccinated. But what we need to talk about more is what we can learn from history. Number one, the vaccine wasn't patented. Patents already existed at the time, but according to a recent article by the German Patent and Trade Office, Jenner, the man who discovered vaccines, renounced a patent for his method of giving people cowpox because he believed it should remain affordable for the poorer population. Number two, life-saving medicine should be shared, not hoarded. Today, developed countries in the West are stockpiling COVID-19 vaccines at the expense of slowing down vaccine rollouts in the global South. But in 1803, the technology was not kept in Europe and away from the colonies. Instead, it was used as it was intended, to fight smallpox wherever it was. Number three, it worked because of teamwork. In history, we have a lot of wars and bad outcomes when countries and people decide to act just for themselves. In this case, Jenner developed the procedure. Carlos IV backed the expedition, and Francisco Javier de Balmis worked with governor generals all over the Spanish Empire to make this expedition successful. There were the assistants, the sailors, the women who cared for the orphans, and of course, the children themselves. Teamwork made the Balmis expedition the first successful mass vaccination campaign, all without a cold chain, without planes, trains, and automobiles to easily transport the vaccines. 
without the technology and the logistics that should be making it easier today. This is one of the first times we can actually learn something positive from history. Except for the human trafficking. Thank God we have refrigerators now. Smallpox is one of only two diseases that have been eradicated in the human population. Eradicating it involved the World Health Organization and people going door-to-door to vaccinate millions of people. In 1980, smallpox was declared gone from the human population. Here's to hoping COVID-19 will be the next to go. Think about everything you've heard in this episode and register for a vaccine as soon as you can. Go get vaccinated! Normally, we'd like to end with something wild from Filipino history, but this story is plenty wild and weird already. So instead, we wanted to point out something simple that many people may have missed. If you've ever been to Intramuros, you will see in the middle of the Plaza Roma, or the plaza in front of the Manila Cathedral, the statue of a Spanish man. Many people think it's Magellan, or King Philip II, where the name Philippines came from. But it's not. That's a statue of King Carlos IV, the king who commissioned the Balmese expedition. It was built in 1824. The people who were vaccinated in 1805 would still have been alive at that time. Our streets and our statues are an important indicator of what we celebrate and what is important to us. And in one of Manila's most important squares, they chose to celebrate the king who sent us the vaccine. Class dismissed. Subscribe to WhatsApp Araling Panlipunan Rebooted on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Join the discussion and get your dose of Philippine history trivia. Follow us on Twitter at History Rebooted, on Facebook.com slash History Rebooted, and on Instagram at History.Rebooted. Once again, I'm Siege Tantenko, Puma Podcast. I'm on social media at Siege Today because that's what we should do. Live life to the fullest. And I'm Sabrina Schnabel, Puma Podcast. I'm on Twitter at Sabrina Schnabel. That's S-C-H-N-A-B-E-L. It rhymes with fable. This episode of WhatsApp, Araling Panlipunan Rebooted, was produced by Diosa Quinones and edited by Nina Toralba. Art by Trix Casilian. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.